Shalom, everyone. I am Dr. Renee, the Assistant Pastor of Empowerment of Faith Kingdom Center for Ambassadors. I am so excited that you were able to join us once again. And then, of course, if you are watching us by way of YouTube, we're asking that you would click like, share this particular teaching, and then also subscribe if you have not already done so. And then be sure to click on the bell in the upper right-hand corner so that you can be notified each time we come on. And then if you're watching us on uh, by way of Facebook or whatever our social media platform is, I believe we're on Twitter, we're on TikTok, the media team, you're doing an awesome job marketing. Thank you so much for what you're doing. People are being empowered everywhere. So today I want to talk to you about the law of vision. That's right, the law of vision. Now, normally when we hear the word vision, uh, we think about something that you're trying to achieve. It may be something in the future. It may be something that you're waiting to come to pass. It's gonna be very important for us to, ex to understand exactly what is it that the Father wants you to know concerning vision. We want to go back to the original precepts for the word vision. Now let's look at this. It is the pastor's responsibility to cast the vision. It is the sheep's responsibility to catch the vision and run with it. Now in Habakkuk 2 and 2, and Yahweh answered me and said, write the vision and ascribe it on tablets so that he who reads it runs. Verse 3, for the vision is yet for an appointed time and does not lie. If, if it lingers, wait for it, for it shall certainly come. It shall not delay. So when we're thinking about the word vision, the first Hebrew alphabet that comes to my mind is the alphabet ayin. And so when we're dealing with uh, ayin, Let's look at this. Ayin is comprised of three Hebrew olivets, and that is Ayin, Yud, and Nun. We're reading from uh, right to left if you had the, actually, the actual Ayin up. Hebrew reads from right to left. Okay, so Ayin, it means to spiritually see the power and ability as an eternal heir. And then Yud is dealing with the power and access to the kingdom culture. And then Noon, it means life as an eternal heir. So vision is a revelation of purpose and purpose is fulfilling that vision. Well, what vision are we fulfilling? We are actually fulfilling the vision of Elohim, not what we wanna do, not what we think is wonderful and so great, but the vision according to his word, his precepts. Okay, so let's talk about the vision that the father bestowed upon our senior leader, Dr. Larry Smith. Okay, the vision, number one, is to transform church members into kingdom citizens. This is very important because we know the word church is actually a political term. It's not even the kingdom definition. 
But Yeshua, when he came, he came back to restore kingdom ambassadors to their rightful place of dominion, and then also to deal with sin once and for all. He never came back to um, transform the church, as what we call it, but he was dealing with the kingdom ambassador. Number two, to teach kingdom citizens how to move from religion to ruling. This is very important because when we go back and talk about the kingdom mandate, and we'll deal with that in another point as well, um, it's very important for me to know that the father wants me to dominate my circumstances right now. He doesn't want me to wait for the sweet by and by and, oh, when we get to heaven, oh, what a glorious time it's going to be. Okay, yeah, but we're not going to stay there. So not only are we not going to stay there, but what am I going to do while I'm here, right here on earth? So he wants me to dominate my circumstance and not allow my circumstance to dominate me. And then he wants me to rule my circumstance and not rule other people. All right. So when we are thinking about that, we have to make sure that we have the right concept when we're dealing with that. Okay, so let's go back to our notes. Number three, to teach the concepts of the kingdom. When I am dealing with concepts, it's something that I am agreeing with. Con means to agree, sep, thought. Well, I agree with the thoughts. What thoughts? My thoughts? No, the thoughts of the word of Elohim, which are the precepts. So I need to make sure that I am not only teaching the concept, but I agree with the concept. And these concepts that I'm agreeing with, I'm applying them and I'm actually doing what I'm teaching. Number four, to pursue the rediscovery of the kingdom mandate of all mankind. Now, over and over again, we have heard about the Great Commission, that we need to seek and save the lost. Okay, but is that the kingdom mandate? So let's take a close look, just in case you have never heard of the kingdom mandate. If you have heard of it, great, you'll hear it again. And then uh, that, may, that makes me a very disciplined uh, man minister because I'm reminding you of what you already know. But if you have never heard of the kingdom mandate, let's take a look at it and see exactly what Elohim wants us to know. All right, so in Bereshit 1 and 26, the word Elohim reads, then Elohim said, let us make mankind, and let me move this just a little, in our own image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, and the birds in the sky, and over the livestock, and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground, all right, moving up, and so Elohim created mankind in his own image, and in the image of Elohim, he created them, male and female, he created them, and so on my screen, you see um, all of these Hebrew alphabets, and I must say, I'm just going to say, man, when the father, when he uh, dealt with this Hebrew language, it's amazing and how powerful it is. As a matter of fact, I love the Hebrew language 
more than I love the English language because it's closer to his concept. It's his precept. It's how he want us to understand exactly what he was saying. So I need to get into his word. But going back to what I was just saying, this is telling me about the kingdom mandate. It's telling me that Elohim, he said, let us make man in our own image and in our likeness so that he may rule. Well, when I hover over this, all right, it's telling me, I didn't mean to click it, but I did. So here it is. Rada. Rada uh, is comprised of three Hebrew olivets here. Rada, Resh, Dalit, and then High. So Resh is telling me as a leader that something is going to happen. What's going to happen as this leader? Well, this leader is to dominate and rule. How am I going to do this? I'm going to establish what is already in heaven. I'm going to establish this right here on earth. And so where this Dalet, and it's showing here, where the Dalet is showing, this Dalet is telling me about the kingdom culture. So I'm to saturate the earth with the kingdom culture, the way the father wants things done, his precepts, his laws, his statutes, all of that, his covenant. I'm to establish what is in heaven. I'm to reveal that here on earth. So there you have it. That's the kingdom mandate. And then I want to go back and Show, uh, show you something else. So let me go back, take a look at this. All right, here we are. Okay, so now let's also look at it's impossible to um, just talk about Bereshit 1 and 26 without bringing up Bereshit 2 and 15, because Bereshit 1 and uh, 26, it tells us the what, and then Bereshit 2 and 15, it tells us how we're to do what was already said. Okay, so Yahweh Elohim took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden, Eden, and we know that's not an actual garden, but anyway, we'll deal with that later, to work it and take care of it. So this word work, when I just hover over it like that, it says abad, abad, and then to shamar, abad, we see that word ayin. That Hebrew Olivet Ayin Bayet Dalit. This is very important. Ayin is dealing with vision. Vision, the vision and the power and authority of the eternal heir of the kingdom. Vision. And then you have Bayet, what's inside. And then Dalet. Dalet is dealing with the teachings of the kingdom of the covenant. All of that is in that one word. It's really important to learn the Hebrew keys of these olivets. And Dr. Larry, he did an awesome job on the, the word, um, the book that he has out, Kingdom Keys of Revelation. 
So if you don't have that in your library, definitely add that to your library. It's a must. Okay, so um, getting back, we were talking about the how. Okay, when we're dealing with work, which is abad, and then also where it says uh, to take care of, it is shama. So they were instructed to tend and to keep, to tend and to keep. So let's look at this word take. You have shamar. Shamar is comprised of shin, mem, and resh. Well, shin is telling me about, it's dealing with um, something that has been consumed. All right. And then also mem is dealing with the anointing. So resh is dealing with a ruler or a person who is in leadership. So this leader has been consumed by the anointing. Oh my goodness, this is really, you know, this is uh, amazing because when the father, he told us to tend and keep, this is a part of the mandate. We have something that we're supposed to be doing. We are to tend and to keep, to take care of. We're to abide and to shamar. We're to take care of uh, the kingdom and make sure that whatever is in heaven, that we're supposed, uh, we are to disclose that information to those that are here on earth and expose them to the kingdom culture. All right. So I know that was a whole lot in, in, in one, uh, <laughs> one sentence. I have the proclivity of combining five sentences all in one. And then I'm like, okay, uh, I got that out. But yeah, so the concept of that is to remind us that the kingdom mandate, that's what we were dealing with, the kingdom mandate. So let's go back to the vision that we were talking about. All right, so that's the kingdom mandate. So we're supposed to pursue the rediscovery of the kingdom mandate. Adam and Matzah Ezer Negad, and some call her Eve, but Adam and Matzah Ezer Negad, when in the beginning, they lost dominion here on earth. So they had to be restored. Okay, so Yeshua did this. Number five, to reveal the original idea and purpose of Elohim for mankind in the earth. And then number six, to reveal to all nations the knowledge of the truth. It's amazing that in the Hebrew language, that when you spell truth, it's spelled olive, mem, tav. Now, for those of you who are familiar with the Hebrew language, you know that olive is actually that taught dealing with the source, the father, and then Mem is dealing with um, the anointing. And then we have Tav, which is dealing with the covenant. So Amet spells truth in Hebrew. And that, that's why I said mm, the English language can do nothing for me. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do the best I can with the English language, but the Hebrew language, yes, the original language of the scriptures. Okay, that's what we want to stick with. Now, number seven, to expose all nations to the door of salvation, Yeshua, the Messiah, that leads them into the kingdom. The Father wants us to 
not only know the truth, coming to the knowledge of the truth. See, many of us are saved, but we have to come into the knowledge of the truth as well. Break away from religion, tradition, things of that nature, and enter into the kingdom. What am I saying when I say enter into the kingdom? His precepts his way of doing things. It has nothing to do with the denomination. It has nothing to do with a particular church. It has everything to do with his word. All right, so let's go back to our notes here. So that's sharing uh, the vision. So we were talking about um, this word vision. Let's look at the Hebrew word for vision. It's pronounced chazan, chazan. Okay, Hazan is spelled Chet, Zayin, Vav, and then Nun. Again, Hebrew is reading from right to left. And so when we're dealing with uh, Hazan, let's take a look at exactly what the father is saying or what he wants to convey when we're dealing with this word vision, Hazan in Hebrew. Yet, it means to protect or be surrounded by the power of the covenant of the kingdom. Now, that itself is amazing because I am protected by the vision of the word of the Father. I'm protected by his covenant. I'm surrounded by his word. His word was sent so that I can obey it. And, and out of my obedience, I am protected by it. Oh, that's good. And then Zayin, it means to expose. It means to cut covenant with the, uh, with the power of the Holy Spirit as an eternal heir. Okay, and then Vav, something that has been intensely connected or established. As a matter of fact, Vav is spelled Vav Vav. So it's telling me that something is intensely established. All right, and then noon, it's the life that is established as an eternal heir. So when I have vision, I'm protected by the power of the covenant of the kingdom. When I have vision, I'm exposed and I'm exposing myself and I'm cutting covenant with the power of the Holy Spirit, with the power of Elohim as an eternal heir. When I have vision, according to the word of Elohim, something is deeply rooted inside of me. I am intensely connected and I am established in his word. And then also when I have vision as an ambassador, it's given me life. You hear people say, man, that's given me life. Well, guess what? The vision of the word of the father, his covenant is what's given me life and I'm established as an internal heir. Okay, so now we need to, uh, we look at vision differently. It's not just something that I'm hoping and wishing for. It's not just something that, man, uh, it's something on the inside of me. It's not even about me. It's about obeying his word, about understanding his precepts, about applying it so that others can also connect with that vision and run with that. Okay, so now I want to talk to you about vision blockers. This is important um, because when I'm running with the vision, different things will come to try to block me 
from seeing the word like I need to see it. But remember this word as a kingdom ambassador is deeply rooted on the inside of me. This is a covenant that I'm dealing with. I, I can't allow anything to break me away, to distort my vision, to block my vision. But oftentimes as a kingdom ambassador, things happen in this thing that we call life. And different things will happen to throw us off, to get us off course. But I know as a kingdom ambassador that I need to make sure that my vision is fastened, that I do exactly what the Father has called me to do, and that I begin to uh, operate in the law of vision and apply it accordingly. So let's look at, um, in the notes, let's look at the notes concerning vision blockers. Okay, number one, unwillingness to change. This is a vision blocker. Unwillingness to change would rather hold on to what's comfortable versus moving into truth. Let me say that again. One vision blocker is unwillingness to change. Would rather hold on to what's comfortable versus moving into truth. Oh my goodness, we need to look at some scripture here because I cannot, I cannot become stagnant. I cannot, I often say stagnant waters think is not moving, is not flowing. No, I, I've got to get out of my comfort zone. As a matter of fact, uh, religion has taught us how to stay in your comfort zone. Can I encourage you today? I want to encourage you to get uncomfortable. All right, so let's look at this scripture here in Marcus 7. Let me get this. Marcus 7, 1 through 15. All right, Marcus 7, 1 through 15. Vision blockers. All right, Marcus 7, 1 through 15. Then the Pharisees, some of the scribes, gathered together to him, having come from Jerusalem. Now, when they saw some of his disciples eating bread with defiled, that is, unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews don't eat unless they wash their hands and forearms, holding onto what? The traditions of the elders. They don't eat with, they don't eat when they come from the marketplace unless they bathe themselves. And there are other things which they have received to hold on, to hold to. Washing of cups, pitchers, bronze vessels, and couches. The Pharisees and the scribe asked them, why don't your disciples walk according to the tradition of elders, but eat their bread with unwashed hands? And he answered them, well did Yahshua who prophesy of you hypocrites as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. For you set aside the commandments of Elohim and hold tightly to the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups, and you do many other things, other such things, he said to them. 
Full well do you reject the commandment of Elohim that you may keep your tradition? For Moshe said, honor your father and your mother, and he who speaks evil of father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, if a man tells his father or his mother, whatever profit you may have received from me is Corbin, that is to say, given to Elohim, then you no longer allow him to do anything for his father or his mother, making void the word of Elohim by your tradition, which you have handed down. You do many things like this. And he called all the multitude to himself and said to them, hear me, all of you, and understand. In other words, come here, come get this precept. There is nothing from outside of the man that goeth in him that can defile him, but the things which proceed out of the man are those that defile the man. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Okay, this is so powerful because they wanted to see them do the hand washing ceremony. It's not about washing your hands. I mean, we know that we're supposed to wash our hands. They had a whole ritual, a whole ritual that was passed down by the elders to the other elders. And this made them feel great about themselves. But I cannot, cannot tell you this. If your hands have not been washed by the blood of Yeshua, you can wash them a thousand times a zillion and they still won't be clean. Those washing ceremonies, and some are still doing different rituals. It may not be hand washing ceremonies, but it may be uh, some type of ritual routine and you feel like this is what's making you closer. No, ma'am. No, sir. Not so. As a matter of fact, we, we don't say ma'am and sir anymore. So let me push that out of the window. Isn't that amazing how our, our minds being renewed in certain areas, things that we've been saying for a long time, we got to do away with that stuff. No, absolutely not. That is not so. So we're doing away with the traditions of man and we choose the word of Elohim instead. Okay, so we were talking about vision, vision blockers, tradition. Tradition will cause your vision to be blocked. Tradition will cause your vision to be distorted. Tradition will hinder your vision of what the Father wants to do to you and through you, even by you. He wants to do certain things, but because of how you've always done things, we have to be able to let those things go. If it does not line up with the word of Elohim, let it go. Just let it go. Okay, so now let's look at the next scripture here. The next scripture here is in Marcus 8 and 22. We're going to get that up. Marcus 8 and 22. All right, so vision blockers. Vision blockers. Marcus 8 and 22. And he came to Bethsaida and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. And taking the blind man by the hand, he led him out of the village and have spit on his eyes, laying hands on him. He asked him, do you see at all? And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. 
Then he placed his hands on his eyes again and made him look up and he was restored and saw all clearly. And he sent him away to his home saying, do not go into the village. Okay, and Yeshua and his disciples went out to the villages of Caesarea and Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples saying to them, who do men say that I am? In other words, do you, do you see me clearly? And what are they saying about me? But let's go back to what the blind man, just dealing with the blind man just for one moment. Here in verse 21, verse 22, it says, and he came to Bethesda and they brought that blind man to him and he begged him to touch him. A blind man was brought to him and he begged him to touch him. I thought I read in another translation that it said that they begged him to touch him. Either way, the blind man was touched, number one. Number two, he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village, led him out of his comfort zone. Sometimes we have to be led out of our comfort zone, although the blind man could not see, but if he was in a familiar area, he knew how to get around. So he didn't so much have to rely on Yeshua if he was in the village, but if he was out of the village, he would have to totally rely on Yeshua. And that's a word for those who are listening. We have to get uncomfortable. Because sometimes when we're so comfortable with doing things the way that we want to do things, and I've always done this, I always get up at 6 a.m. And I always pray from 6 to 7 a.m. And then I do this and then I do that. Well, suppose that's not what he wants you to do that day. See, the father wants us to be totally relying on him and at the sound of his voice that we would obey. Some things that it may seem good and makes us it makes, a, it makes us feel better about ourselves, but is that what he wants? Is that what he wants? Okay, number 22, I mean, verse 23, and taking the blind man by the hand, he led him out of the village, and then he sped on his eyes and laying hands on him and asked him, do you see at all? Do you have any vision? My question to you, do you have any vision at all? And then he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Verse 25, Yeshua touched him again. Now, can I ask you a question? The first time Yeshua touched him, why is it that the blind man couldn't see? See, the, there, it's not that Yeshua didn't have the power. It's that the blind man's vision had to be cleared up. And that's what I want to do today. I want to convey some precepts to you that will clear your vision. Ah, Somebody got to say, touch me again, just like you did the blind man. Even when I think I can see, it's still a little blurry. Touch me again so that I can see your precepts, so that I can see your way of doing things. Not my will, but your will be done. And then when we say that, we really got to mean that. Okay. All right. So let's look at, let's go back to our notes here. Let's go back to our notes. All right. Now, vision blockers. 
vision blockers. Number two, unforgiveness. Holding on to hurt, refusing to be healed. Well, you don't know what he did to me. You don't know what she did to me. I'm not ready to move on. How many times have you heard that? Well, I'll forgive, but I'm not going to forget. Come on. Come on. Wait a minute. Now, let's deal with this precept. The word Elohim tells us that if we don't forgive, the Father won't forgive us. So we can run around here and say all of these religious terms, say what we want, but we have to stick with the word. Well, I'm not ready yet. So when you go pray, what you should hear and what I should hear, if I have not moved in forgiveness, I should be hearing the word of the Father saying, I'm not ready yet either. Yeah. Yeah, so we have to let it go. So let's look at the scripture here in Yochanan 20 and 23. Let me get this up. Yochanan 20 and 23. Forgiveness. Yochanan 20 and 23. Here we have it. If you forgive anyone's sins, they have been forgiven them. If you retain anyone's sins, they have been retained. This scripture here is no joke. Can I, can I explain to you exactly what the scripture is saying? If you forgive them, they are forgiven. But if you don't forgive them, you got their sin and your sin too, both of them being retained. So if I want my vision to be clear, I need to make sure that I am walking in forgiveness. There's something that the father shared with me a long time ago about unforgiveness and forgiveness. He said this, when you forgive, you destroy what's trying to destroy you. When you forgive, you destroy. It no longer has its power over you. It no longer is no longer in charge of your entire life. You don't have to hold on to that thing, but you destroy that. You get rid of that. And then you're able to walk in what the kingdom has for you. This is important because religion teaches us that, oh, well, you, you know, it's, it's, it's in layers. Okay. So the father going to forgive you in layers since you don't want him to uh, since you, since you're forgiving, but you're not forgetting, then how about he'll forgive you and not forget? No, the scripture says, as far as the East is from the West, I will remember your sins no more. We got to go with that precept. All right. So let's go back to vision blockers. We don't want our vision to be blocked. We want our vision to be clear. All right. Number three, unbelief. This is another vision blocker, unbelief. I've been exposed to the truth, but I don't embrace it. I doubt it. Ignorance, unbelief, and doubt. I can remember when Dr. Larry ministered this message, ignorance, unbelief, and doubt. He was like, it's time to get the IUD out. We got to get it out. This is a spiritual IUD that we've got to get out. 
So let's look at Matthew 13 and 58. Matthew 13 and 58. All right, let's look at it. It says here, Yeshua, he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Where was there? Where was there? There was the place where they did not believe. Can you imagine? Yeshua, we're talking about the son of the living, the, the most high. He couldn't do something. He couldn't do it because unbelief was there. Unbelief is a vision blocker. I have to make sure that I saturate my mind in the precepts of the word of the kingdom. In, in Jude, it tells me that I should build myself up, build up my most holy faith. So I need to get that unbelief out of me. When I'm praying in my heavenly language of fire, is to make sure that I am getting all of that unbelief out. I'm turning from what, turning away from what is wrong, turned away from doubt, turning away from not trusting the Father and believing Him at what He said He would do, so that I will line up with His precepts, line up with His way of thinking. All right, so let's go back to our notes here. Vision blockers. We don't want our vision to be blocked, but we want the Father to, we want his vision to uh, be number one in our lives. Okay, so let's look at this. Number four, unwillingness to be a light and unwillingness to expose light in darkness. Man, unwillingness to be a light and unwillingness to expose light in darkness. And this, we can find this in Galatians 2 and 11. So let's look at this. You know, when we're dealing with um, exposing light, this is important. Uh, and here, we, let's read Galatians first, Galatians 2 and 11. And when Kepha had come to Antioch, I withstood him, withstood him to his face because he was at fault. And this is the scripture 2009 version. I like using this version because it says Kepha instead of Peter. It says Jacob instead of uh, James or Jacob, things of that nature. Okay, so verse 11, let's read it again. And when Kepha had came to Antioch, I withstood him to his face, withstood him to his face because he was at fault. For before some came from Jacob, he was eating with nations. But when they came, he began to withdraw and separate himself in fear of those circumstances. And the rest of the Yehudim joined him in hypocrisy so that even Barba was led away by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not walking straight according to the truth of the kingdom, I said to Kepha before all of them, if you being a Yehudah live as nations and not, not as the Yehudim, why do you compel nations to live as Yehudim? All right, so he called them out. He was like, you're a hypocrite. 
you're acting one way when you're around this set of people and then you're acting another when you're with us. Now, how long are you going to hop between two opinions? If you're with Elohim, then be with him. If you have been exposed to that truth, show that truth. Be a light. The thing about um, when you become an ambassador, ambassadors are exposing truth. We, we become lights and, you know, the word tells that we're the light of the world. A city that sits on the hill cannot be hidden. Okay, are you going to put it under a basket? No, we're like yeast. The things that we are giving to other people, sharing this knowledge to other people, it's like yeast because it changes and it permeates everything that's around. Yeast will change it. It'll, it'll saturate it. It'll get all into the mixture. Like, yeah, I'm going to mix this thing up. I'm going to go ahead and shed some light, say some, shed some truth on this situation. All right. So I have to make sure that as a kingdom ambassador, that I'm willing to be that light. I'm willing to expose the truth. And it's not up to, it's not up to me to decide whether that person's going to embrace the truth. It's up to me to give that word when I'm supposed to do it. All right. All right. So let's look at this and I'm going to wrap this up. I'm not quite finished, but it's always good to be able to share the precepts of the kingdom. All right. Number five unable to receive the word because of familiarity. Oh my goodness. Too familiar, too common. Let's look at Matthew 13 and 53. Matthew 13 and 53. Let's look at it. 13. We were there earlier. Go up a little bit. And when Yeshua had finished these parables, he departed there from there, coming to his own country. He taught them in their synagogue. Uh-oh, in their synagogue. Hmm, in their synagogue. He didn't say his synagogue. Okay, deal with that later. <laughs> All right, coming into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Isn't he the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother called Miriam? Not Mary, Miriam, Hebrew word for Miriam. And his brothers, Jacob, um, Yosef, Simon, and Yuda. Okay, so let me show this. I'm going to change it right in front of your eyes because I love looking at these names, how they're supposed to be read there. Matthew 13, scroll down. Here we come. Here we come. One moment, almost there. Yes. Here it is, verse 55. We were down there. Here it is, verse 55. Is this not the son of the carpenter? Is not his mother called Miriam? His brothers, Jacob, Joseph, Shimeon and Yehuda and his sisters, are they, are they not all with us? Where then did, did this one get all this? And they stumbled at him. They got offended. 
But Yeshua said to them, a prophet is not appreciated except in his own country and in his own house. And then it goes on to say, and he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. They were so common, so familiar with the anointing. It was, the anointing was right in their face and they didn't even recognize it. They wouldn't even accept it, embrace it. That's what is, that's causing the vision to be blurred, to be distorted. It's important for me to make sure that I am not so common with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know we got scripture study, but it's the same old thing, you know. No, something needs to happen within you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I heard that before. Faith comes by hearing, not having heard. I have to continually hear the word of Elohim. My life must be transformed by the renewing of my mind, not the renewed mind, but the renewing. So I am constantly hearing the word and applying that word and making adjustments according to his precepts and not mine. All right. So let's look at this last note. Let's look at the, the last note here. So unable to receive the word because of familiarity. And then it says, your vision of others must be clear to see the Father right as well. All right, so we're going to stop there. It's important for me to see um, others right in order for me to see the Father right. Many people think that, okay, I, I got it right with him, but you don't have it right with them. <laughs> what, what are we doing? <laughs> we are not rolling. We are not operating in dominion because the word tells me that um, in order for me to have a relationship, a proper relationship, relationship with the father, that I have to make sure that I have my relationship right with my brothers and sisters. How can you say that you love me? How can you say that you're going to reveal the heart of the father? whom which you have not seen and you hate your brother that you see every day. So today I want to encourage you that uh, just to open your heart to the word of the king, open your heart to the precepts of the father, see the area that you and I, that we continually need to make those adjustments. And seeing let us see and hearing let us hear and be totally conformed to the word of the king. Remember, the word of the king is law and it will not be changed. So I need to make sure that I govern myself accordingly. All right, so be blessed. Make sure we don't have any of those vision blockers. It's time to allow, allow us, it's time to ask the father to help us see clearly. You know that song. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Okay, yeah. We need to make sure that we see him clearly, even when the rain, when it's raining, when it's not raining, when we're singing, when we're not singing, we need to see clearly all time at all times. Okay, shalom, be blessed.